we are coming to you live today from Mendocino Farms at Studio City, and I have the lovely Abby with me today. Abby and I met at Pop Sugar uh, about six years ago. We worked at Pop Sugar Studios together, mm -hmm. and I have just watched her career flourish. She has done so well. So can you right tell back us? At you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about? your past and your career and what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so Amy and I, as we mentioned, um, worked together at Pop Sugar. Um, Amy was a producer and I was in the talent department. Um, and so our team was sort of tasked with helping the studios and the company at large navigate the influencer space and figure out how to work with influencers, um, you know, throughout branded content um, woven through Pop Sugar Studios uh, branded initiatives. Um, I worked under a really amazing team, Heather and Monique, who are my mentors and still are, um, and just really taught me pretty much everything I know. Um, and from there, I took a producer role at Whale Rock Industries, which launched the, at the time, brand new Kardashian-Jenner apps um, and websites. And so we were creating content across five different sisters, <laughs> which was Beast. Um, yeah. So rewarding so and amazing and just... We're really, really busy throughout launch mode. Um, in the past few months, I've been freelancing in influencer marketing, and I'm um, actually just accepted a new full-time role um, starting soon, so keep you posted on that. Excellent. Well, we're so happy for you. I'm so yeah. grateful that you're here to chat with us. Mm -hmm. And today, we are talking about influencer marketing. So just to clarify for everyone, can you please share with us what is influencer marketing? Yeah. Um, so if you're tuned into our Instagram live, um, likely you are socially savvy in some way. Um, an influencer is someone who has a significant following on one or more social media channels. Um, influencer marketing is leveraging those influencers and their audiences to draw awareness to your brand, um, creating a campaign around it and treating it like an advertising channel of sorts. Absolutely. And can you share with us a little bit about why influencer marketing is so effective and such an important strategy? Totally. Um, so I think for as a consumer, um, before making any sort of like significant purchase, typically you're taking a recommendation from at least someone, um, could be a friend, a family member, a piece of press you saw, um, you know, and influencers have carved out a niche for themselves and made themselves experts in um, you know, whatever their area of expertise is, could it be could be fashion, beauty, lifestyle, fitness, whatever it is. Um, and so I think with influencer marketing, it's sort of like a hybrid step between your trusted friend recommending something to you and a celebrity or a large advertising campaign recommending something to you. Um, there's sort of like this built-in trust with influencers. You feel like you know them, you feel like you you watch their every day, you know what they're about, you know who they are, and so when they recommend something, it sort of like strikes a chord more than um, you know, watching an ad flash by. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think as a consumer, you feel like the products that they're advertising or that they're recommending are a little bit more curated. Yep. So your chances are you're going to like it because you feel like you're connecting with someone that you know. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you work with brands to weave influencer marketing into their larger campaign strategy and make that integration feel more seamless? Totally. Um, yeah, so I think the first step is to really get a strong understanding of what the brand's goals are. Um, from there, you can um, you know, advise on the best influencers to work with, how many you should work with, what your influencer marketing budget could and should be. Um, and I think, uh, sort of to your point, influencer marketing should be a seamless piece of the puzzle of what your larger strategy is. So if there's a core message to your campaign, you want to make sure that your influencer marketing strategy is consistent with that message. Um, as a consumer, if you see a social ad or you know a TV campaign 
featuring a certain brand and then you're seeing an influencer talk about that brand, do you want to make sure that they're being communicated in the exact same way? Because that point's really going to get driven home that way. And I also mm-hmm. think it helps to hear the brand messaging and that campaign messaging said in a real person yep. way. Yeah. You know, it's chances are if it's coming from the influencer, it's not as scripted, it's not as canned. They have a little bit more freedom. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yep. They have a little more freedom to put it into their own words. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And I think as a consumer, it's something that you're looking for because you want a more real life take on on the product yeah. and on what it's going to be able to promise and deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are brands looking for in an influencer when considering them for a campaign? Um, so I think a lot of times brands don't totally know. Um, and I, I hope that they're, you know, referring to a team member that's an expert or an agency or whatever it is. Um, I think off the bat, a lot of times brands specifically look at following. Um, and then when you dive a little deeper, that's not, I guess, always the best way to gauge if someone's going to be successful for you or be a good fit for you. Um, I think what's more important is engagement. Um, and you'll see someone with a massive following and terrible engagement under 1% is like standard metric you should look at. Um, and someone with higher engagement and a lower following typically will deliver better results for you. Well, because I think as a brand or, you know, yeah, I think as the brand, you're looking at that influencer to be the bridge from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And you obviously want to convert their community into sales for your product. Mm-hmm. That's why you're paying them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really critical from a brand perspective to look at that influencer as that bridge mm-hmm. and not just someone that you're clinging on to because they have a lot of followers, yep. but that you're associating with and bringing into your company and your brand as an ambassador, mm-hmm. as someone who can speak to your product and encourage their community mm-hmm. to look at your product and consider that to purchase. Yep. And to Amy's point too, you're also leveraging this person as a content creator. So you need to look at the type of content that they're generating for right. you and make sure that it's something that you can use, something that's on brand for you. Um, you know, something that you can see filtering through your other channels seamlessly, because um, otherwise there's really no point. And something that they're going to be able to create content to the level and standard that your brand holds. I've seen a lot of people come to me after the fact because they've been burned because an influencer is like, sure, we can do that, no problem, whatever. And then it turns out they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And now they need to rebudget mm-hmm. and bring in a third party production company, which is not an issue and not a problem. And like, I specialize in that kind of content, mm-hmm. but it is something that from the get go, you should put that into your budget because mm-hmm. it is going to cost 100% uh, yeah, yeah a little more so. yeah <laughs> alright awesome so how can an influencer best set themselves up to be considered by a brand like some of the do's and don'ts that you see absolutely um, I think to my earlier point um, the main thing is to make sure that you're constantly engaging with your community and your followers um, and creating really like an add value to them um, whether that's through you know community meetups um, regular giveaways um Instagram lives, things like that. Um, And then I also feel like people's reputation sort of follow them. You want to make sure that you or your manager are a breeze to work with. Um, You know, there are people that I've worked with in the past in various campaigns that I probably wouldn't consider again just because, like, the communication was sort of strenuous or I know that that influencer has a reputation for, um, you know, not being flexible with their rates. So there's going to be a a specific budget attached to their name and I'm not going to be able to budge on that. Um, So, yeah, I just think, like, Throughout anything in business, you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward, that you're cognizant of what your reputation is, and that you're overall a nice person. Yeah, hopefully. absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like that goes a long way. Yeah. And, you know, it's 
business is stressful enough, so yeah. you want to work with nice people because it makes that stress a little bit easier to bear. Absolutely. Um, so what constitutes a win for a brand when they're partnering with an influencer and how can influencers better set themselves up for success in the eyes of the brand yep. so that they can continue that working relationship? Totally. So I think a win can be defined by different brands differently. Um, obviously, if you're converting sales, that's a win across the board, specifically if your sales are higher than the price tag of what you paid for that campaign. Um, another way to you know gauge whether a campaign is successful um, is if your brand increased their social footprint or their specific follower count throughout the duration of the campaign. Um, if you increased your web traffic, that's a great win. Um, and then I think also if you're generating a ton of content that then you can use for evergreen purposes moving forward, um, you know, whether it's social ads, um, you know, various capacities on your website, things like yeah. that. Content generation costs money, as Amy knows. So yeah. if your influencer campaign can sort of like check that box for you, I think that that's um, something to really consider as well. Yeah, I mean, I know at Padilla, that's something that we work with our clients with a lot is teaching them how to repurpose content yeah. and shoot with intention and shoot within the footprint of your visual signature. So yeah. that everything that you're creating, you can recycle, you can reuse down the road. Absolutely. And it's maybe not like every every soundbite or every single shot, but you're at least shooting it in such a way that it feels on brand mm -hmm. and you can creatively remix that, which is something that we used to do all the time. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <All that time. laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is a great skill to have because yeah. it helps you save money and it helps you make your budget go further. And yeah. that's so important. And like if it's working with an influencer and they were going to send you the photo that they were going to use in their single post, like have them send you two to three options if you can, if yeah. they're willing, because you're going to be able to use those elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And crediting people with their work is super helpful. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, Gotta get that content. Gotta, In this day and age, people need what two to three Instagram posts a day to keep a brand alive. Like you have to get yeah, it some, crazy. somehow. Crazy, crazy. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about influencer tiers. So I don't know if everyone is aware, but in on the business side of mm -hmm. this influencer world, um, you talk about influencers in terms of tiers. Mm -hmm. So can you please explain mm -hmm. what those three tiers are and what the differences are between them? Yeah. Um, so these are sort of like broad definitions. Different agencies, different brands might define these slightly differently. Um, but for the way that I've defined it throughout my career, a micro-influencer is someone who typically has under 100,000 followers. Um, a mid-tier influencer is someone sort of between like the 100,000 mark and under a million. And then a mega-influencer or a macro would be um, typically like over the million mark. Um, there's different ways to use them throughout different campaigns. Micros are having a huge moment right now in the industry. Um, their price tag for a collaboration is typically lower because their following is lower. But a lot of times micros will have a strong engagement or they'll have a really like specific niche following that converts really well. And so they're typically or if you're working with the right micro, there's, they're able to convert at the same rate that their mid-tier sort of counterparts are able to. Um, mid-tier influencers are great for like impressions, like mass views. They have a great following. You know that you're going to reach a broad audience just by working with them. Yeah. And then I look at Mega sort of as like almost like a celebrity endorsement. Um, they're going to come with a really massive price tag, but for that price tag, hopefully you're able to generate some PR buzz you know, with it. There's going to be a PR angle because they're such a notable name. And I think also, you know, influencers that are just starting out that maybe haven't reached that level when they see someone who has a massive, massive following, who's super well-known in the space working with X brand, they sort of know that X brand is reputable. Maybe they want right. to work with X brand one day. Right. Um, so just sort of like, Gives they're you great tone setters. Yeah, street yeah. cred. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, I do think it, it harks back, though, to how important creating all of this with a real clear intention is. Yeah. Like, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. why that strategy is in place, not just because, oh, they have a ton of followers. Oh, I think their pictures are cute. Mm-hmm. Like, it needs to move beyond that. Mm-hmm. And you really need to uncover that why because otherwise you're literally throwing money out the window. Yep. Totally. It's not going to move the needle for you if you don't have a clear why. Absolutely. I think also, like, if you're a brand and you're looking to collaborate with influencers, look at an example of that influencer's past branded collaborations because you can see an example of what they're going to deliver to you if you choose to put spend behind them. Um, you know, does it look organic? Are they giving, are they creating great content for you? Do you, do you think that, you know, this is a product that people are actually going to buy based on that advertisement? X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. just look for examples. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's get down to the question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Money, money, money. <laughs> so, all right, so there are different price points that are associated with each of these tiers mm-hmm. of influencer, mm-hmm. right? And... There's a lot that goes into brand contracts and partnerships and the decisions that are made and the money that's behind it. It's a much more complex animal than mm-hmm. I ever thought before I started working in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So can you shine a little bit of light on how these prices get worked out and is it just great negotiating and a wonderful management team and some luck that gets you the pricing or are there some industry-wide standards that people use as a jumping off point to determine these prices? Yeah, um, so there definitely are There's an industry standard sort of way to gauge, I guess, what to enter your negotiation with. Managers and influencers are going to charge whatever they feel comfortable charging based on past collaboration. So this metric isn't going to work across across the board, um, particularly with factors like the type of content they're generating, what their engagement is, who their audience is, what the product is. You know, if it's a product that they really like, they might charge a little bit less because they're eager to work with you than a product that they're not super interested in. But that said, and I might get in trouble for sharing this. Typically, um, 1,000 impressions should cost you around $10 to $12.50. So the best way to calculate that is someone with 100,000 followers would typically charge between $1,000 to $1,200, to $1,200, 1300 for a single post. And then the partnership can sort of build from there. If you're doing two posts, the manager or the influencer might cut you a little bit of a deal. If it's a post and a story instead... They might throw it all in under that, um, you know, one budget umbrella. But it's a good way to just at least, as I mentioned, enter your negotiations from an informed place um, and sort of take it from there and not offend anyone by going in too low. And I think you see that a lot too, right? And mm-hmm. I do think that that is also taking to in mind, mm-hmm. taking in mind the sort of content that's being created. Mm-hmm. So creating video content is quite different than creating mm-hmm. a flat laydown, mm-hmm. you know, and it's. It's really looking at the process and the campaign as like a 360. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're looking at the influencer to create content, like if you're creating video content together and you're hoping to repurpose some of that video content, you need to put into account that's going to take a lot more time mm-hmm. and energy and money to create. Than and they're likely hiring a videographer. Exactly. As yeah, well. So like you need to factor in those production costs too. Right. Then just like taking a beautiful photograph of something with your product there and posting it and then maybe doing something on Instagram Live or Instagram Stories showing them using the product. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's it's a bit of a complex animal. It's mm-hmm. not just a clear cut, this cost that. Mm-hmm. But it is always so helpful to have a jumping off point because I do think people either tend to go way too high or way too low. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to know what that middle ground is on like a good entry point. Totally. And I think as a brand, it is sometimes... 
I know for me and clients that I work with a lot of times, they factor in my pricing and then the influencers pricing separately and they bring us together because it better serves the brand's needs because they're looking to generate a lot of content that they're going to be able to use over a long period of time. So maybe I'm shooting with the influencer for half a day and then the other half of the day I'm just shooting product and I'm shooting with maybe an expert and a model and not the influencer. And that way we're really milking every minute of the shoot that we can because that shoot is expensive. Totally. And finding a way to make it multi-purpose, which I think is a really great approach as a brand because it helps you get a lot more out of that single investment. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Is there something that we've missed or haven't chatted about? Um, I don't, I feel like you were pretty comprehensive. Um, You know, I think like, as is everyone in this industry, we're constantly all still learning. Um, There's no formula as much as we try to build a formula around this. One doesn't exist, so if you have one, DM me. Um, but yeah, it's it's an exciting piece of the industry. It's a new way that consumers look to, you know, get advice, get product recommendations, well, figure out what brands they want to support. Totally, and I think it's such a fun and unique opportunity for our brands to interact with their consumers yeah. and to find a way to highlight different parts of the brand's personality yeah. through these influencers mm-hmm. so that that engagement is more authentic yeah. and it is more realistic. And it doesn't feel so forced and so pretend, you know? It gives you a great entry into that. Yeah. So I think it's a great opportunity, but like you said, it's always changing, it's always evolving, and, you know, what's cool today is not going to be cool in probably six months. So, you know, it's not all hard and fast rules. Yeah. But I kind of think that's the beauty of it, and I think that's the excitement in it, is you kind of have to stay current, and you have to challenge yourself to keep reinventing and looking at it with fresh eyes and finding a new way, and, you know, it's... We'll have you back at some point. We'll chat about where <laughs> things changed. are then. Yeah, I think like the main point that I, I guess Amy and I are both sort of like driving home here is that social media has really changed the way that brands and consumers interact. And if you don't have a social footprint and you're not looking to social media as a strategy in which to leverage your campaign or your product, you're sort of going to get left behind. It's going to be really difficult to scale, yeah. more difficult to monetize. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got to get on board. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, get on board, you know, make videos, take a risk. And I think that's the beauty of the space right now. It's still young enough and diverse enough that you can take some risks and learn from those. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not exactly what you wanted, but that's okay. And you take your learnings and you move on. Yeah. And I think that's something really beautiful about the space that hasn't always been the case in traditional advertising or television or print. You know, you paid so much money and you had one shot to make it work. And if it didn't work, you got fired. Yeah. The end. <laughs> so it's... You, bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. So at least now you have an opportunity to get out there and to yeah. try some things and don't be afraid to take a risk. And I think partner with a couple different influencers and don't be afraid to kind of date and try people on the sides yeah. and find the relationships that you feel are working and that you can grow. Because there's nothing better than getting people on, you know, in your team, in your team and in your world and then you both helping each other evolve yeah. in the space. Absolutely. And that's such a wonderful thing to get to watch Absolutely. as a consumer and as a brand. Because honestly, the consumer relationship to influencers, you feel like you know them, you feel like they're your friends and you want to see them do well. So I think that's a really great place as a brand to insert yourself. But you have to do it in a smart way. Yep. So thank you to Abby for showing us the smart way to do it. (laughs) Um, And if people want to reach out to you or follow you, where can they find you? Oh, my goodness. Mom, are you out there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My Instagram's it's Abby V. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, That's young lady. All. Well, thank you guys for joining us as always. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. And Abby, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was oh so my fun. Gosh, it was so fun. All right, we'll see you soon. Okay, Thanks. bye.